What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Outside Perspective. If you are new to the show, I am your host, Adam Meredith. I am sitting down with interesting and awesome humans, and I'm just trying to gain some perspective. So through these conversations, I'm trying to learn and grow, and I appreciate you guys joining on the ride. If you are a repeat listener, you know what the deal is. I love you guys. Thank you so much for always tuning in. You guys are the shit, and I couldn't do this without you. I do have to ask you if you are getting value out of this show then please do me a solid and tell a friend that's all i ask just tell a friend uh you can leave a rating and review if you would like especially on apple podcast subscribing helps sharing all of these things but just bringing us one new listener and uh and and that will help tremendously so if you are getting value if you are gaining some perspective please just bring us a friend All right, Um, I'm going to start adding to the show notes a timestamp so that way if you do want to skip this little intro part and just get right into the conversation, you can do so. So check the notes and I'll have a timestamp in there for you. I do have to say big thank you goes out to St. Louis Deck and Fence. You can go to stldeckandfence.com and check them out. If you are local to the St. Louis area, give these guys a call. You can reach them at 618-670-4531. Again, that's 618-670-4531. They will come out, give you a free quote. They are very friendly, very personable. I love these guys. They will take care of you guaranteed. Again, that's stldeckandfence.com. Or give them a call, 618-670-4531. Let them know I sent you. They're going to take care of you and give you an awesome deck and or fence. Also, go to imposedwill.com. There's a full line of apparel there. But you can also find all of the show gear there as well so use the code outside when you check out you'll save 10 percent. we did just drop a new shirt so go over there check out that merch use that code when you check out and you will save on it imposedwill.com all righty then let's get to our guest i am so stoked for this conversation i am sitting down with a saint Lewis legend. I'm sitting down with Steve Ewing. Steve is the lead singer and frontman for the band The Urge. He is also the lead singer and frontman for the Steve Ewing Band. He is the founder and owner of Steve's Hot Dogs here in St. Louis, a fucking amazing establishment. So good. And he is a bodybuilder, believe it or not. Steve is just a man that gets shit done he's been doing it for a very long time he has been all over the world and performed in on some of the biggest stages just again a true st louis legend this was so fun sitting down with steve he's just such an awesome human being and i cannot thank him enough for taking the time so let's get to the conversation i'm done with my rambling let's gain some perspective with steve ewing
Good to go. All right. You ready? St- Steve Ewing, I'm ready. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Dude, uh, you have some of the best energy out of anybody I've ever met. Thank you. Thank you. It's funny. We were talking about Jeremy just a second ago. We were, he and I were actually just talking about you the other day, how uh, it doesn't matter if you're performing in front of five people or 5,000, 10,000, like you have the same energy right. when you're up there on on the stage. It's kind of like the only speed I got. <laughs> it's like, it's the only way I know how to do it. Yeah. So. Yeah. It's all in. Yep. Dang, man. Are, have you always been like a very energetic guy? Because you're actually very mellow whenever like you talk to you, just kind of right. just here, just, we're just talking wherever. You're very mellow. But then yeah. you get on stage and like the the flip switches. Switch yes. Flips. That's, that's, I mean, from a performance standpoint, that's the only way I've ever done it. Yeah. Um, I can be a little bit hyper uh, off the stage sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, it's just uh, yeah. some of my favorite performers, that's how they did it. Yeah. You know, like if going all the way back, if you look at like cats like James Brown, mm. Prince, um, got into like punk and then Fishbone and things like that. Yeah. All of them super high energy. And that's where I get a lot of it from. So yeah, yeah. just that's just was uh, a lot of the influence that you saw. Oh yeah, on stage. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how anybody could be high. I, I guess there are people who are high energy all the time, but yeah, dude, I would feel so just exhausted. Yes, being <laughs> you get tired looking at me like, whew. oh my goodness, the amount of energy that it takes to be on stage and perform. Mm-hmm. Just what like a ninety-minute set? How long is a typical set? Usually. So these days we're doing almost two hours because there's so much material. Yeah. So it used to be like a typical thing was like 75 to 90 minutes. Okay. And now with the urge, they're, they're like two-hour shows. They're, I mean, it physically takes a, a huge toll or it, it takes a lot. Yeah. So, um, yeah, imagine like a two-hour version of like a hit class. Wow. That's what it feels like. It feels like a sledgehammer afterwards. Do you take like a break? In, is it like 60 minutes and then maybe like a five or 10 minute break and then another 60 minutes? Or are you just like going all the way? We go straight through. Yeah. Holy we shit. We go straight through. Dude. Yeah. Man, I don't know how, how artists can do that without being in some sort of shape. Have you always been in shape like you are? Yeah. Uh, there's times where I'm not as in shape, but yeah. in some kind of condition. Yeah. So yeah. in the perfect world, you know, I'd be like in, you know, per- in really good condition for that stuff all year long yeah you know like we'd go back in the studio Mm -hmm. and we'd write you know for you know a couple two or three months whatever yeah during that period of time i would try to like just lift weights and just try to stay semi conditioned and then right before we hit the road Mm. then i'd really work on you know getting my cardio up and just getting my being able to like yeah do some intense stuff like that you know so sprinting Basketball really helps. Really? Yeah. Just anything just keeping you active yeah. and running. Oh, yeah. Big time. Wow. Were you an athlete, like, as a kid? Mm-hmm. I played um, as a junior. When I was little, we played football and baseball and basketball. And then as I got a little older, I just pretty much got, you know, really hardcore into playing baseball. Okay. Um, all the way through, like, American Legion. Oh, nice. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I was an athlete, big time. Yeah, well, St. Louis, Missouri, I mean, that's, like, a, a good place to play baseball. Oh, yeah, no doubt. I mean, this is, this like, this state is a baseball state. There's so many amazing 
Ball players, yeah. Yeah. Some serious athletes, yeah. Yeah, man. You see, I remember I played on a, on a team whenever I was a kid. It was like third grade, but it was like a third grade traveling team, and mm-hmm. it was just kind of go to all the local like towns. Yeah. And just the level of baseball that you get is, is crazy, yep. man. Get me like, man, really? <laughs> yeah. Like from a, a town of like 500 kids or yep. something, and you guys got this stud kid who's just yep. amazing. You know, fourth grader throwing like 90 miles per hour. So there's always some crazy, like, oh my God, kind yeah. of thing, you know. Yeah, just all that time spent, yep. just spent playing playing sports. Mm-hmm. So you're an athlete a whole lot. Um, I mean, so you're an athlete all growing up, mm-hmm. spent a whole lot of time playing sports. Yep. So you've always been very active then. Yeah, no doubt. Okay. So when, take me to like the beginning of, of like your, your musical journey. Because, I mean. That's, that's, a, that's a good like question or a thing to ask because we I was I was in choir in high school okay along with you know playing sports and stuff and then right my senior year or my junior year I was playing high school baseball American Legion Mm -hmm. in the summertime and then joined the band when I was my junior year and started doing that and it was kind of just this little side project but really really was loving it okay and then like my senior year, I kind of at that point made up my mind. I'm like, I really want to do this band thing. Mm. So I played through that, played one more summer of Legion Ball, and then I just decided that was it. So okay. I had another year eligibility to come back, whatever, but I already made up my mind that I wanted to do the band. And yeah. so at that point, like we started kind of venturing out and playing some shows mm-hmm. outside of the city, outside of St. Louis. Okay. Um, man, when we, when we hit the road, like after my senior year of high school, I was hooked. Mm. I'm like, I want to stay on the road, play shows every night. This is what I want to do. Yeah. It was, it was very clear. So yeah, I quit like, like seriously being a, uh, an athlete, you know, at, like after my senior year. Okay. Well, yeah. Did you feel conflicted? Whenever you were like making that transition, because those are like opposite worlds. They're you know, two totally different things. Totally yeah. like like the kids who are usually in like the the arts and the like the music and right. performance are not the kids that are typically playing sports. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like that's those are two different worlds. So way two different things. But it, I wasn't it wasn't conflicting at all. I mean, by that point, I had made up my mind. I'm like, okay, this is what I really you felt do. good about that. Yeah, I, my parents weren't happy about it. <laughs> They, like in their minds, I was going directly from high school into college to play college sports and mm. all this stuff, whatever. And I just kind of cut that short. Yeah. Um, it's like, wait a second. This is why you're in the in all the American <laughs> League, and like this is why we're playing all this baseball. Yeah, this is why we're doing all this stuff. You're yeah. supposed to pay for college. Yes. So I cut that short. I don't think they were happy about it. But after a couple of years of yeah. touring and really kind of just hammering it, yeah, they started seeing like how things grew. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and now to think back on it. Like man, it was a lot of work, and I was, took a lot of time. But you know, from from senior year of high school to the time when we started selling out venues in the area, it was probably like a four year period. Okay. So my parents started kind of seeing that, and they're like, "Oh, okay, I'm just, I think it's something to it." Yeah, like it's so, real now. Right. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, as a parent, I mean, you're a parent, right? Like you want yeah. the best for your kid. Right. Yeah. Right. And and a lot of parents, especially, there's like. It, generations like your your way of thinking kind of changes from generation to generation right so one generation thinks that this whatever the path is to success right and, yep. and you usually go to school get a degree you know what i mean like take yep. that path and if you're not taking that path they probably just feel like oh my god what like, are you doing, what they're, are you doing? So, they're so scared for you yes what are you doing yeah 
they are they're afraid because that's the only thing they know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, or they don't see it very often, you know, around that somebody, uh, you know, takes an entertainment or musical path and becomes successful at it. So right. It's, it's not easy. You and you don't see it very often, so it's not right. something you can like put a finger on and say, well, you know, such and such did that. You know, right. it happen, so it's yeah, it's, it's hard for them. Yeah, because you know, not a lot of people have successful neighbors who were in the entertainment industry. In the entertainment, yeah. Right. So yeah. it's it's hard to really visualize that being a real thing mm -hmm. especially for your kid oh yeah dang what were those early days like i mean living on the road um it was fun it was like an adventure i mean because we didn't know what we were doing or we didn't know what to expect yeah so it was like an adventure and we we met tons of cool bands and other musicians and we learned from them yeah and then we started getting more more gigs where we were opening for larger acts um our manager used to run mississippi nights okay so any band that would come through, he would try to get us an opening slot on, on stuff. So mm -hmm. that was really helpful. Okay, yeah, that's cool. Because we get in front of a larger crowd, plus we get to learn how to like work the crowd. And, mm -hmm. and we'd, we'd meet some bands and end up going on tour with them. Yeah. Who's the biggest band you've gone on tour with? Oh, man. That's a good question. I mean, we toured with 311 forever. I would say like that we started to like things really kind of took off. Yeah. Corn was huge. Yeah, Corn was that's a big I one. I mean, and they still are. I mean, they were just in town. Yeah. Yeah. Corn was gigantic. I mean, we were over in Europe playing massive massive you know, uh, you know, arenas and things like that. So yeah. it was uh yeah, they were they were pretty big. What's it feel like whenever you're standing on stage and there are thousands maybe i don't even i don't even i don't know the number but i'm right. sure it's like tens of thousands of people that mm -hmm. you, tens of thousands of people out in front of you like, it's pretty it's pretty awesome like i don't i don't get nervous at all yeah i get like just fired up yeah like just ah uh, seriously like this energy transfer yeah so them? then there's a ton of adrenaline that's like <laughs> it's like a you know somebody just shot you in the arm with adrenaline yeah so, um Ton of that, I get amped up. Uh, it, in fact, it takes me about. I always tell this like there was a way to diffuse the adrenaline out of the box. It takes me about twenty minutes, like just kind of calm down. Like after the show, like the show starts, boom, and I'm like yeah, you get just get this shot of energy, you know, energy and adrenaline. Oh, so to like settle into the show. So to settle into like what you're doing, it takes about twenty minutes for me, or at least. Yeah. Do you remember those first 20 minutes? Is it is it almost just like you're almost like in the zone, kind of like settling in? It's like, how do I explain it? It's like the beginning of a sporting event. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know how, I know you're a fighter. I don't know how that is when yeah. you first get in the ring. Or yeah, whether it's fighting or whether, I, I can always think some of my earliest memories were like football. Right. Where you're just so nervous, you're so nervous. And Correct. I was always on uh, special teams, especially like you know kickoff or kick return. Right. Everything's yeah. about to start, and then you just know you need that first initial contact. Yes. And then once you start getting those first few hits, and it's like, all right, now I'm relaxed. Then you now can play the game. Exactly. Yes. So, so that's the same, same way. When I get on stage, the first twenty, thirty minutes, it's just pure adrenaline. Mm -hmm. And so I mean, I, it's th I've been playing these songs forever, so you know I can do it with that. But it takes a minute before you start to get that swagger, like uh, yeah, you know. Um, then you like yeah. Once that wears off, then you get, you know yeah. You start doing your thing, you know. Did you ever get like a, a an adrenaline dump from a because so in fighting yeah, you know it sometimes that first even first round can just just all that adrenaline, all that adrenaline, all that yeah. adrenaline, and then you settle in, and just depending on maybe 
how stressed out you were right and how you know, will dictate kind of how you respond to that adrenaline mm-hmm. sometimes you just go from this extreme high to this extreme low yeah. and it's like oh fuck now i'm like too relaxed and you got to kind of even yep. out again oh yeah it's like a little bit of adrenaline dump you get that dump and then usually hopefully whatever you <laughs> ate starts to kick in <laughs> <laughs> it's, so, it's like okay so and then you know that's funny because after all these years that you know I have figured out what it is. Like, okay, this is how I, this is how much I need to eat. Yeah. This is when I need to eat. Your entire routine. I got a routine down. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm. So I can't eat too too close to the to the show because it doesn't digest. It just sits in my stomach, whatever, and it's mm-hmm. just like. Blah. But, <laughs> but I got to make sure I eat enough so I can have enough energy through to get through two hours of jumping around. You know? Right. So, right. Um, yeah, so you get you get a little routine after a while. You figure it out. What is your pre-show routine? Like, what's, um, what's a day look like for you when you're gonna go? Perform? Usually, like an an hour and a half before the show, I'll eat something with a with like usually a good amount of sugar in it. Like sometimes I have Snicker bars. Okay, something whatever, quick energy. something quick, whatever, something easy to digest. Mm-hmm. And then um, usually do my sound check or whatever. And then about a half hour before the show. Um, I do straight like calisthenics. I'll do like push-ups, sit-ups mm. just to get all the blood flowing through. Yeah, get moving, maybe get some of the adrenaline to like kind of. Yeah, try to work yeah. its way through yeah. your system. So I had I, heard that uh, Dennis Rodman would get on a stationary bike. Oh, really? Like he'd ride that bike before the game just to kind of just to get his nerves right, you know, and yeah. just kind of get moving. So I do the same thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, usually – He's about a half hour before I start moving really, really good. Mm-hmm. And then uh, then we hit it. Do you, so like the day of a show, do you do like an early morning workout or anything? Or do you kind of save your mo- like your movement for like that kind of time before the show? Are you an early morning workout kind of guy? Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah. Yep. So it depends. Like I use so, because I do bodybuilding now. Mm-hmm. So, not, so I have to work my split based around my concert schedule because I, I play every weekend. So I I, I do like. I can go. I can go ahead and work out on show days. If they're on a weekend or something like that, yeah, I can go ahead and work out because it's usually gonna be like upper body or something. Okay. But if I'm if I'm, I'll train legs like on Monday. Yeah. Th- that way they're healed up by the weekend. Yeah, like, you got time to recover. I can walk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Good deadlift yeah. or squat and then going and trying to no, perform. No, you can't. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> Your legs like jello. Yeah. Oh my goodness! I couldn't imagine. Yeah. So I'll yeah I'll train like. Big stuff early in the week. Okay. And then just do my little workouts, you know. More ancillary stuff, like, as the week progresses. Yep. yep. Yeah, that makes sense. So you would do that even on the day of a show, wake up early. So, what? So okay, even if it isn't a show day. Right. What's a day look like for Steve? I'm up super early. Um, I usually try to make food and stuff the night before, but okay. usually I get up early. Mm-hmm. Make food, make sure I got my, me and my lunch and okay. my meals and stuff, whatever. Do you usually wait till later in the day to eat, like around like noonish, or do you eat breakfast? I don't eat breakfast. Okay. I never have, though. Never. So it's just one of them things that like, slows me down. Mm-hmm. So I, I will have a meal after I work out. Yeah. But I don't just get up and eat breakfast. Okay. Um, just don't. Yeah, I don't either. Yeah. Yeah. I did when I was younger. I don't know if this is because you're supposed to eat because all Because as, as a kid, you're like, you know, you need to eat breakfast. Right. Which is probably not a bad thing. You're right. Kind of um, as you're growing, but I don't, yeah, I feel like two two meals I usually feel pretty good on. Yeah. Or um, even if it's maybe like 
I, just maybe a better way to say is like a shortened like eating window for me. Mm-hmm. I usually do better. I feel less foggy. Correct. I don't. I don't feel as weighed down. That's me. Yeah. That's me. Right now, I'm eating a little bit more frequently because I'm trying to grow a little bit mm-hmm. in the off season um, from bodybuilding. So. I don't eat breakfast, but then once I start eating, mm-hmm. I'm eating like every three hours. Okay. And then stop, you know, and then go to bed. So, okay. Yeah. Do you have like a like a hard time that you try to stop by or? Just like hour, a couple hours before I go to bed. Just a couple hours before bed? Yeah. Okay. Whenever that is. I try to get to bed as early as I can, but. Yeah. Right now, it's about to be crazy, so. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> Again, I, like. The the whole idea of, of one being in the restaurant industry yeah. it can be very daunting. Yep. So it's really unpredictable, like especially when you open a place up. Yeah. It's really unpredictable. So like the next six months will be just kind of really crazy. Right. Um, we got a really like awesome crew now. Like I used to just do everything by myself. So I got a really good crew now. Um, so I'm trying to like build some stability and like my yeah. day. Yeah. But it's just going to be times where it's just like, man, we're getting killed up here. Right, and so, you're gonna come hop. Oh and yeah, help. big time. Yeah, man, dude. Yeah, just you're you're changing locations, and are you so you're gonna are you gonna keep that other location open, or you're gonna just consolidate to this one location? Just everything's coming here in here, right? Yeah, yeah and it's way more space. Like yep. you're gonna be performing here on the stage behind. Yeah, so we got a little stage. We got about three times the dining room area. Yeah, um, and it's, it's the same neighborhood essentially. So, it's so cool. Yeah. yeah, I was looking at this wall here, and did, was this already here? Or did you have somebody paint this? No, this was here. Oh, dude. So this is interesting. Uh, the artist, uh, his name is Wayne Saint Wayne. He passed away like a little while ago. Oh. But he, I'm I'm probably getting this wrong, but he made this mural in the course of like a 20 year period. Oh, really? So he was just a regular here. And he just, they let him come in here and work on it. Come in and work. Oh, man. You lucked out with this, in my opinion. Yeah. So this is pretty. A lot of people who've been coming here for years, this is just a part of it. Yeah. So um, we knew we had to keep it and preserve it. Yeah. It's it's pretty cool. I was looking at this before we started. I'm just like, man, I wonder who painted this. I'm glad you told me because just some of the things in here, this is just a really cool, like, space. Yeah. Yeah. Super cool. And we, I've come in here and, like, a number of times. Just to drink. <laughs> what did this used to be? This was Mangia, Mangia Italiano. Oh, okay. So, and it was um, an Italian restaurant, but it it was a three o'clock bar, so it was a big industry hangout. Okay, so a lot of people would come yep. in here. And they had jazz in here, like, you know, during the weekend, weekends and stuff, so it was a good hangout. Yeah. This whole area is cool. There's just a yeah. lot of good food in oh, this yeah. area. It's no joke. Man, St. Louis is on the come up, man. Yeah. Yeah. South Grand is really unique in that... I think we make up like at least 16 different countries. Really? Food-wise in the area. That makes sense. I mean, at least. So, I mean, like you got, there's nothing we don't have on South Grand. I mean, there's just all kinds of stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, what the King and I was the first Thai restaurant, I Mm -hmm. think, in St. Louis. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they were the very first ones. Yeah, so that's pretty cool, right? That's way cool, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, and then um, I went to this one place. I'm pretty sure it's still down here i think it was called uh brasilia maybe yep it's still down there is it still down here yep the owner of that place was so nice and yep. so friendly we just went in there randomly one night and he happened to know the, the guy i was with but he was just so friendly it's like yep. it's like i went into his home these are all most of them are we were just talking about the other day there's a lot of family-owned right restaurants and a lot of the owners actually live in the neighborhood which is cool which is way cool because they care about it and they care about their 
restaurant as well as like their neighborhood. So. Right. It's just not just a, a business place. Yeah. It's like it's literally your community. It's your place. Yeah. Yeah. That's super cool. So yeah. So it's um, we make up a lot around here, and we just we're glad to be part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, like our old spot over in Tower Grove East was awesome. We were able to kind of really galvanize that neighborhood yeah. with, the, with the TikTok and everything. It's a very cool neighborhood spot. Um, but we just kind of started running out of space. You know what I mean? Yeah. We didn't have any storage back there. We couldn't. We literally could. We only had like a day and a half, two days worth of storage for inventory. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, how do you make that work? So we just were running back and forth to the store. Just Our distributor would come by like two, mm. three times a week. So this this gives us a little bit more wiggle room on that. Yeah. Is this like twice the space, three times the space? I'd say, yeah, the dining area is probably three times if you take if you add the bar if you yeah. take the bar out of it. But um, yeah, we we can fit about three times the amount of people. Yeah, in. I mean that's that's a good problem to have to, to yeah. need more space. Yep, it's good, good stuff. Dang. Uh, what made you want to transition into into the restaurant industry? Food was going to be like my second job. It was going to be like a day job. Oh, okay. Because I was playing before I opened the first hot dog place. I was playing a lot. Like my guitarist and I, God, we we were doing like almost two hundred shows a year. Oh wow! There was a couple of years where we did more. Um, and I'm like, man, this is a lot, and this is good, but maybe I can strike some balance. Yeah, you know, with family and everything. Like maybe I could play like a hundred shows a year, and mm. then build a small business that I could, you know, work at during the day. Okay. And so I bought a hot dog cart. I kind of actually, <laughs> I'm like, man, no one's. No one's selling food to people on the street after the shows. Like yeah. you play at a bar and you walk out and there'll be nobody selling food. I'm like, right. man, we were in Chicago or someplace or New Orleans. Mm-hmm. There'd be somebody selling some food out here. You'd see it. And it just I just didn't see it around St. Louis. And so I'm like, well, you know, I'm going I'm to buy a hot dog cart. I'm going I'm to get in that game. And some folks were like, what? I mean, a lot of people are like, man, that's not a bad idea. Yeah. So I'm like, well, it's a relatively small investment. You know, I'll just give it a shot and yeah. see how it goes. And so I bought one. Found that it was hard to do the nighttime thing because I'm playing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to put anybody at risk, you know, being out on the streets at night. Yeah. So uh did some research. And, like, you know, lunch is really lucrative. So I'm like, well, at the time, I think in the city of St. Louis, you had, like, 16 places where you could legally sell food on the street. Okay. They actually give you a map. Like, you can sell food here, 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 here. Mm. And all of those spaces have been taken except for a couple spots over um, by the Procter & Gamble, uh, the factories down there by the river. Yeah. Turns out it was awesome. Really? Just all over-the-road drivers, intermodal drivers, factory workers. Yeah, just blue-collar guys. Yep. Like, and they're all in and out, and they can't eat. They can't stop to eat. So quick. literally just like... Making hot dogs, throwing them at you know, oh, it was dang. Like, yeah. So it was a good little little gig. Like happened upon a gold mine. Yeah, it was pretty cool. And then um, only thing that sucked is when the weather gets bad, like mm. when you know starts turning into winter, right? And you can't go out there. So a cart is not the move. I'm like I can't need. I need a building, you know, to put this in, and mm. I want to expand on the menu anyway. So we found a place on the hill. Um, that would be open our first shop over there. Oh, so you started in the hill. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Steve's Hot Dogs on the hill. That was the first. Oh. Brick and mortar. And when was that? 2011. Okay. No. Yeah, 2011. We opened that one. And Ten years now. Mm-hmm. And it did really well. It did really well. And uh, 
opened shortly after that, a few years after that, we opened the Tower Grove one. So we had two going at okay. one point. Yeah. And then shortly after that, I opened a small kiosk inside the pageant. So I opened a small one inside the pageant. So at one point, it was three Steve's Hot Dogs going. Yeah, you had a lot going on. It was a lot. Yeah, yeah it was a ton. So, um, and you're still doing shows and stuff during this time. Still playing, yeah. <laughs> Not as much as I was then, but I'm still playing pretty regularly, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so that was like kind of the first. That was my way into food, you know. Okay. Like, it's just looking for, you know, an entry-level way into the to the you know food business and just looking for another business, another another uh, form of income. Okay. Yeah. So you had you had the place on the hill and then you had the kiosk in the pageant mm-hmm. and then you were over here by Tower Grove East. Yep. And then you just decided to maybe just like cut a couple of the locations back. Was it just easier to manage with, well, with it, your life? I had this like cascade of events. Someone call it a cascade because it wasn't like, didn't happen just like that fast. But it was like, we started to lose a little bit of business at the hill because the bridge closed, the King's Highway Bridge. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And I just, in my mind, I'm like, and I'm thinking back, like, there's probably a couple of things I could have done to, like, pivot around that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, with, with running both at the same time, yeah, I just was kind of stretched too, too thin. Yeah. So at, the, at which point, this one started basically cannibalizing the other business because they're so close together. Oh, yeah. So um, after a while, I'm like, well, my lease is up and... Yeah, I don't want to make any more improvements to this particular building that you know. So yeah. I, I closed the hill shop and then just just really focused on Tower Grove. That makes sense. Yeah, and yeah. The, the pageant lasted like maybe close to a year, mm-hmm. and I, I learned in that situation that it, what you do in your shop restaurant doesn't always translate to the uh, to the kiosk format. Yeah. Um, so. It was a relatively small investment, so it wasn't, you know. It was a learning experience. It was a good learning experience. Yeah. yeah. Man, this is uh, not an, an easy industry, as we were kind of talking about. No, off yeah. Air, you yeah. Know? And you, but you have to try things, though. I mean, right. You have to go out there and try things. Yeah. See how they work, you know. Yeah. Just always trying to pivot, try to figure out how to solve the next problem. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, I was talking to um, to Kui, Kui Tran. Who oh, owned, yeah. Yeah. And he, and he was just kind of schooling me to the restaurant game. And <sighs> yeah. That guy's... He can tell you probably a lot of things. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, he's been in the restaurant since he's like a very little kid. Yeah. So just just learning about all of the challenges and mm-hmm. especially, um, you know, just the the people that made it through, you know, the whole shutdown. Yeah. You know, it's like now everybody, from what Kui was kind of telling me, is like now everybody kind of has has an opportunity to kind of come up for air and kind of assess all the damage. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like you went oh, through yeah. you went through a twelve round fight and it's like, oh fuck, man. How, really how, how messed up am I really? Down. Yeah, yeah. You had, to, you had to put your head down, and and make a move every on almost like for us it was like almost every day we were coming up with some kind of way. Yeah. To represent, you know, the food, the brand, we just kept doing this to keep the interest there while it was sh- people were shutting down. Right. So, yeah, we were moving around on a daily basis, daily, weekly. Yeah, just just trying to stay afloat and just yeah. trying to make make this thing successful. Oh yeah, man. Yep. I, I think. Did you, you? There's a guy back here. I don't. I don't know if he needs you or not. You, uh, might be. I, I didn't see who it was. Probably Tom. Joe. Okay, I just didn't know if, if you were needed for something. I think we're, we're good. Okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, man. It's just it really fascinates me because, um, um, like as, as I'm thinking about like what we're gonna talk about and, and different things, and as I'm kind of like learning about you and seeing, it's like, man, you are like a go getter, right? I mean, yeah. Obviously, a very long you know career performing in the in the music space 
and then you decide to uh, you know take part in the whole uh, uh, food industry. Mm-hmm. You know, open up a restaurant, but you're also again, you know, you have a family, and then you you know you're doing the bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. So it's just you know you seem like a very goal-driven guy just always looking for like the next challenge yeah those are like goals are great for for me to keep me on track yeah so it's like okay i got this going for me and i need to like yeah build systems to build to get me to this next point or whatever so yeah. just keep it helps keep me on track so structure has has that something that you've kind of like learned along the way where yes. were you structured in the beginning of your life um yeah probably yeah. i mean yeah i mean i think about it with sports and stuff I mean, yeah so you just took that same structure and just applied it throughout. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Or you try to make it. You know, you try to create structure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I've always found, um, I've, I've kind of always had the same structure in my life. Mm-hmm. Kind of going back to whether it was, it was like school and then I had sports after school. And then it was just like, I, I don't know, I did homework or I, I started getting a job. It's like either way, I had these blocks in my life and I would just like plug and play. Like whenever I wasn't going to school, then I started working full time. And mm-hmm. then whenever there wasn't after school practice, it became doing jujitsu and MMA practice. Right. And you know what I mean? So it's just kind of like always just kind of plug and play in the different things, but yep. still kind of in this general structure. Yep. And they keep you in, they keep you in kind of this lane. Yeah. And so you have these uh, kind of a guideline, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. Although I don't know how you keep a structure as a young man on the road. Like, uh, like, like that's <laughs> honestly, that is incredibly structured. Really, especially when you get. I almost liken it to like being in the military. Like you get up, mm. like you structure your day. I mean, these I did anyway. Yeah. And so, like you get up, get your breakfast, get your get your you know get your coffee, get your going, get your workout. Usually, like you're off to do some kind of uh, press someplace. Mm. You come back, you do your sound check, and you do your little warm ups, whatever you eat, and you play the show, and then. Yeah. Then you go to bed. Go to bed. I mean, after a while, when you, like, if you've been out for a really long time. Yeah. There's not much partying that goes on because. The allure of the party is. Yeah, because it just, <laughs> just kills you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess probably where my head is. I'm just like, man, you're on the road. You're performing. Yeah. It's probably even later after the show. It's like, man. It's always there. Trust me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's always there. Like, you got to have discipline. Yeah. But it, I mean, it'll, it'll kill you, though. Like yeah, physically, like you just can't do that, and then put on an hour, ninety minute show the next day, and, yeah. and do it well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, do you prior like do you prioritize sleep? I don't require as much as okay. some people do, but then it catches up. Mm. That's one thing that where I really have to consciously kind of like go to bed, go to bed. Yeah, you know what I mean, so but I I need to prioritize. Oh, okay. But right now, I, I I would say I probably am not. Yeah. I mean, whenever you're trying to get shit done, yeah, and there's always something to be working on. Yeah. Sometimes it's hard just to turn it off at night because extremely <laughs> hard. Yeah. There's always something. Brrr, yeah. Yeah. A new idea, or did I call this person? Did I do that thing? Mm-hmm. Oh man, just yep. so much to do. <laughs> it's n- it's never ending. Yeah. Dang. Did you have any like mentors early on, or even even now? Is that something that's kind of I felt like um, early on, you know, my parents, of course, and then, you know, c- various coaches I've had with yeah. stuff, whatever. And then um, through the through the restaurant, well, music, um, I'd say like Pat Hagen, who was, he runs the pageant now. He was okay. running Mississippi Nights at the time. Just, you know, started learning the insides and outs mm. of like that thing. Uh, like, the, like the business side of, of music or... Like the bit, like the performance business mm. side of it, you know, like what it takes to do shows, okay, and that kind of thing. And then um, 
I learned a lot from our current manager, Phil. He was like the retail king. Oh, really? Um, back in the day when retail existed. We still, I learned a lot from Phil. He just knew so much about the game inside and out. Mm. Like he was on the record side of it. He was on the radio side of it. He was on the touring side of it. He had just kind of been in the industry for a while. Oh, okay. And so I learned a lot from Phil. Still learning a lot from Phil because he's still in the game, like yeah. big time. So That's valuable to have yeah. somebody like that. Food, I don't have a food background. Yeah. So I just learned um, as much as I possibly could from people, folks around me. Just yeah, you know how do we do this or you know, and uh, one of the guys is here, Joe. He's been in food for his whole life, whatever. So I learned a lot from Joe. So yeah. yeah, there's such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to the the food industry here in St. Louis. Yeah, I always tell people like this city is a hidden gem. When it comes it's becoming not hidden. People are starting to figure it out. That is true. <laughs> that is true. Starting to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know if that's good or bad. I mean, we do want people here, but. <laughs> yeah. We have some people that come up to the shop regularly from out of town. I just start talking to them. I'm like, yeah, we visit St. Louis. We're from someplace in Kentucky, whatever. We oh. come up to St. Louis on a, like a weekly basis just to eat. Really? Yep. And oh, they wow. hit different places, yeah, because it's like there's a ton of food in there's St. Louis. so like, many places. Like, there sure is, yep. Oh, my goodness. What are some of your favorite spots? Oh, man, Gorilla Street Food. Yeah, they're great. It's like a, it's like, it's like a guilty pleasure. Like, <laughs> okay, man, I'm going to go down that hole. It's some good <laughs> stuff, man. It's so yeah. good. Yeah, yeah, it's savory for sure, dude. It'll fill you up. I like that. Um Got to have my barbecue spots. You know, I like yeah. I, I like Sugar Fire. Yeah, Abby's. we're known for barbecue. There's so yep. many good spots. There's, there's a lot of them. There's a ton of them. I don't know. It's kind of like one of those things where you almost don't want to, like, name places because you don't want to, like, leave out places. That's but in my mind, I'm thinking exactly the same <laughs> thing. I'm like, man, there's Dang. too many places. There's yeah. so many places. Like, we – so my fiance and I, we go – speaking of Kui, we go to Nudo House mm-hmm. pretty regular. They they have some pretty phenomenal flavors coming out of that place. Yeah, they – They, the Miley's they know what they're doing. Yeah, big yeah. time. So good. But, you know, Jeremy and I, we were – we had like four or five of your hot dogs the other day. Man, the the smoky flavor yeah. that comes through on a lot of those yeah. is is exceptional. That's our that's our thing. This nobody does the smoke like we do. So yeah, yeah. It, it tastes so good. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah, man. Yeah, I, I I love. I I take great joy in being able to like recommend good spots to yes. people. It, yes. Yeah. It just it makes me so happy to send yes. somebody to a good place to eat. Uh. We're very fortunate here in St. Louis. Yeah, we have uh, no shortage of food. I mean, just every neighborhood's got their little thing, too. Yeah. Like you have the Hill, which is, you know, a lot of Italian food down there. Right. And it's all good. Oh, man. I mean, all of it is very good. We went to, uh, I think it was Zia's mm-hmm. on the Hill and, and got a sandwich. I got a sandwich there the other day. And, oh, my God. Yeah. It's some of the best bread <laughs> I have had. That's Sandwich Central down there, man. Oh, it's man. Like all sandwiches You can't there. pick a bad spot. Uh-uh. Dang. i love it i love it you're getting we're getting the inner fat kid out of me right Mm -hmm. now i was a very large child (laughs) well you're looking great i do my best right i had to i had to just figure out what works for me right i have no control when it comes to eating yeah it's bad yeah i'm the same way i'm the same way you what what so you you mentioned gorilla street food like Mm -hmm. what are what are some more like the, the guilty pleasures if you are just going down that rabbit hole are you a soda oh. drinker or ice I'm, cream? I, I'm or? not necessarily a soda drinker, but I'm I'm like I can't control myself around like sweets. I've never been able to say no to a cake <laughs> ever. <laughs> Here's some cake. Okay. That's funny. That's funny. <laughs> just go whole Steve Aoki and just throw a yeah, whole cake in your face. Yeah, man. Whew. 
So I don't know if you've ever heard of Miss Hullins. Miss Hullings. No, I have not. Used to be like a cake maker in St. Louis. Okay. A little small. I think there was multiple, more than one. But they made these like super decadent cakes. Like, you know, they have like a yellow cake that has like eight layers on it mm. with chocolate in it. And you can only eat one slice because it was so like rich. Yeah. And so there's uh, I think they still make it. And I know they still make it. Straub's has it. Mm. Whatever. So that's that's delicious. Um, Around here, there's just tons of ice cream. Isis, you've been to Isis? I've never been to Isis. So they do the the liquid nitrogen. Oh, thing. really? Yeah. So, oh, okay. So yeah. it's super rich. It's really good ice cream. Yeah, so. I need to check that out. And it's in the neighborhood. It's over in Shaw. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's definitely a weakness is ice cream. Mm-hmm. Just, oh, my goodness. I'll Sweet, house, sugar I'll house thing with sugary, thing. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sugar is that killer, boy. <laughs> Bringing out the fat kid in your Anything now, Steve. Anything sugary, boy. There you go. When you just go lift and just work it off. Got to. Got to. Dang. How many bodybuilding shows a year do you try to get in? I try to compete at least once a year because prep is, for me, prep is long. Yeah. Um, so try, I, there was one year I did two, mm. like pretty close to each other. So, man, that was physically and really, really mentally uh, demanding. Just a little too much for an yeah, eight just, years you're time. just being on a diet for like set eight months straight. You know yeah. What I mean? So uh, it's excruciating. Yeah. Like the, like the mental fatigue yeah. from constantly denying yourself. Yep. Yep. So that was tough. But um, now if I can prep for one show mm-hmm. a year, that's cool. Then I stay in, 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 that leaves me in pretty good shape for the rest of the year. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just try to maintain a little bit, but. And it's kind of maintained for shows. And yep. Do you, are you doing anything for, like, recovery-wise, like mobility or uh, sauna or ice bath or? No. Know? Luckily, I, have, I haven't had any major issues with that. Okay. Um, I do, like, if I can get a massage. Um, I have a guy uh, over in Clayton, uh, some live, whatever, and he is it's great. So, I'll be like, oh, I got some aches, whatever, whatever. Mostly, he's just massages. So yeah. You have just have a, t- a ton of tension, mm-hmm. and then he'll he'll try to correct if I have any imbalances, like um, movement and things like that. Right. Like, well, how are you doing this? And then I'll just change that, and that usually helps. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we tend to favor different things. It's easier to create an imbalance. Oh yeah. He says pretty much anything you got going on wrong with you is from some imbalance or some yeah. some bad habit you got. You know, right. So, yeah. And then like where you're feeling the pain is never like that's not really the cause. It's, it's not. Some, that's some, crazy. It's like yeah. this other side over yes. here. It's like, well, over here is causing the pain down here. Like, yeah. It's like, how does, how does that work? It's like your shoulder's hurting because your ankle's messed up. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> but that's how it works, man. Uh-huh. But I think for I, if I feel like if I stay – if I stay moving and if I stay like really well hydrated, mm-hmm. um, I, t- I tend to have less like the, the ickies and achies, you know what I mean? So yeah. Yeah, that water is a big point. Yep. It's easy to miss. It's very easy to. Yeah. I try to get a gallon in. It's about a gallon. It's yeah. In, is that what you're in, drinking? About a gallon, and then when I get closer to prep, uh, I'm, I'm like closer to two gallons a day. Which water is a load. Lot. Yeah. 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 Try to do so. You trying to do like more like distilled water, so you're kind of monitoring your sodium and then no, flush I don't really, it out. Or I don't really go that okay. deep into it. Just and I have a coach that keeps an eye on me, and like he's mm-hmm. he can visually see if I'm flat or if I'm low on sodium. Yeah, he can actually take a look at that. I, I can't so, see it, but yeah, he's so used to judging. Yeah, he can see that. He can see it. Yeah, yeah. Water is so key, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, just for your your, your 
your immune system and your digestive and everything, just man. your joints and just to keep the whole it's machine energy running. levels, like everything. It's like sometimes I think I'm hungry. Yeah. Or I'm tired and really I'm just dehydrated, you know. So. That's so true. Yeah. So true. Oftentimes you, you think you're hungry, but you're just thirsty. Yeah. Because the signal really isn't too different. It's, it's pretty close. Yeah. Yeah. It's about the same. So yeah. it's like, man, and then you just start eating. It's like, why am I not feeling better? <laughs> <laughs> <Right. laughs> yeah. Yep. Oh, I did that yesterday. I messed around. I didn't drink enough water. I started mm-hmm. getting a headache, and then I started snacking on some cashews. And like, I don't know what I'm craving, but it's like, obviously, it was water. But yeah, it's oh, like, yeah. Yep. The food wasn't the food wasn't it helping. wasn't doing it. No, nah. no, not at all. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, man. And especially now, like, I try to stay on point with my immune system right now. Right now, yes, because I mean, luckily, like, you know, we have COVID. But since everybody did kind of distance and mm. mask up and everything, I think we're we were less exposed to other things temporarily. Yeah. Um, but now that we're getting back in the game, it's like our immune systems kind of took a break. Yeah, it's almost like a double-edged sword, right? Yeah. Because your immune system gets strengthened through exposure. Yeah. Right. So then it can do its thing, and then yeah. now it's stronger. So, so yeah. So anything you can do to kind of yeah. keep yourself. Uh, up there, like, give yourself a fighting chance, you know. Yeah, I'm just trying to make sure I get, like, water and get sunlight, as much sunlight yeah. as I can, fresh air. Do you supplement at all, like, vitamin D or creatine or anything I like that? I do. I have – my main ones are creatine. Um, I do do the BCAAs. Okay. Um, just started doing it, like, a few years ago mm-hmm. and just keep doing it. Yeah. Um, do you feel a difference with that? Or well, I had a coach tell me, like – you just take these. Yeah. And you won't notice a difference until you stop taking them. That's true, too. And I, maybe this is just me psychologically <laughs> you know, convincing myself, whatever. But it felt like I was a little bit more achy after some big workouts. Mm. Like after I was like, man, I'm tired of spending the money on this. And so I quit. Yeah. Know, but so now I, I do the BCAAs. I do the creatine. Um, I supplement with a little extra protein in the morning. Okay. After big workouts and stuff, whatever. Um Fish oil, uh, multivitamin. So yeah. I try to get D from sunlight if I can. You know, right. Yeah. yeah. I try to get from sunlight, but if I, I've been adding it in here and there, especially right. moving into the, the winter and fall. Right. Um, I probably should. I probably should be supplementing more D, probably. Yeah. And especially in St. Louis where you get, like, months of gray. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also, man, I mean, the more melanin you have, it, you need more You need more exposure to, to get more vitamin right. D. So. Right. I uh, do you get like regular blood work or anything like that to try to check your markers or anything? Um, now I do. So I turn you know, turn fifty, so now I get checked. I get checked on, mm. and they're mostly checking for like sugar, right? Like you know, cholesterol. Check your lipid panel and thing that that that's kind of stuff. Whatever. So yeah, um, just to get a baseline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's just so important, mm-hmm. man. Just just taking. Um, I've I always tell people like I fired two primary doctors because one of them. I asked for blood work, and he acted like I didn't need blood work unless I was having some sort of, like, bad right. symptom. It's like, That's man. That's weird. Like, can you just do it? Yeah, can you just do yeah. it, please? Like, I, w- I want to be proactive. Like, you should take yeah. ownership of your health is, yeah. is my point. It's like, man, you got to find a doctor and who's going to work with you and, yep. and, like, do these things. So I'm always curious because, obviously, you're you're very well, like, taken care of, it seems like. You know, you, yeah. you, you, care, keep, you care about your health. you got to keep an eye on it um, because you don't know, like, you might, you know, there might – my cholesterol can get high, mm. even if I'm in shape. Yeah. So I have to keep an eye on it. Yeah, you know? yeah. It helps to get those those numbers because yep. you can't just look at somebody and tell. Nope. 
like you can try, but there is this thing like you can be you can actually be normal weight, but what's considered metabolically obese. So yep. when your numbers come back, you're you're you might as well be 500 pounds. Correct. So things ain't moving yet. Yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's good. It's good to go. Yeah. Especially it, as you you know start getting you know start getting older, you gotta, <laughs> let's go get checked out. Fifty is not what it used to be though. Like you look it phenomenal. It, it doesn't have to be. It really doesn't. It doesn't have to be. Yeah. Yeah, man. I remember whenever I was like real little, thinking like fifty was super old. <laughs> was like, oh man, I'm gonna, 50's going to suck. It's like you're, 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 you're basically dead. Right. It's like, ah, oh, dude. It's like, nah, you, man. You so got a whole lot left. Yes, and I'm in the old man club, yeah. I always say I'm going to live until I'm 106. Right? I don't see why not. There's no physically no reason why you can't. You definitely can't. Right. Dang. Are you a reader? Do you, do you like, listen to audio books or, or listen to podcasts or read? or? Yeah, I, I've been, um, I've always been a reader. But now um, I've been listening to more and like you know, mm-hmm. on Audible and things yeah. like that. Yeah, kind of makes it more just like easier as you're going. Now I can kind of just move around and still, you know, yeah, listen to stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you have any like recommendations or anything that you really enjoyed listening to? Yeah, tell you what, this guy named Michael Matthews read him. Mm-mm. It's like a fitness guy. Okay. Um, but a lot of his, um, a lot of like if you read his first book, a lot of his. Uh, philosophies mm-hmm. are borrowed okay in other words like he's brought some really killer philosophies from from people on motivation mm-hmm. um you know just like all kinds of things and so it's just really good basic thinking on how to be better oh, okay. as an individual not not just not just from the fitness standpoint but from yeah business everything else you know mm-hmm. what i mean so it's it's a really good book it's called bigger leaner stronger okay i can't believe i'm selling somebody else's book but it's really good, though. I'll have to check it out. I'm yeah. always just looking for different things. Yeah. Um, have you have you read that book? Or uh, Actually, I listened to it. I bought it after I listened to it because I like I liked physical books. But it's called uh, Never Split the Difference Mm-mm. by Chris Voss. No. He was uh, an FBI uh, uh, negotiator okay. for a very long time. And I think he was like the head of their international investigations. But now he basically just teaches negotiations. Cool. And the book is called Never Split the Difference. And I've probably listened to it three times already. It's I'll just, check that out. It's no just doubt. so interesting. And for me, at least that one in particular, I find it's it's helped me better just in just regular just like conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it's like kind of outside the whole like negotiating. Right. Yeah. It's it's very interesting. I'm gonna check that out. Probably does he maybe go into like some some of the psychology of like he does you know, he, speaking and he really does it's really cool because he goes through um, I can't remember how many chapters there are but in each kind of chapter he he, he kind of gives a story of a real world like uh, negotiation that they had and then he kind of goes through a principle and technique that they use so cool. a very common one is uh, just like mirroring. yeah so you know uh, people do that all the time you naturally do that you yeah. naturally do it right but he he goes deeper into it some of he does go into the psychology of it like why it works and how it works and and uh maybe some ways to do it and then how you can uh maybe pair that with something where he calls like tactical empathy um 
And then uh, one of the things that really st stuck out to me is just kind of like what questions to ask instead of like asking like why, but ask more like what or how. Okay. Um, just different things like that. It was dude, it's it's so fascinating. I'm I'm always listening to it and picking up something a little bit different right. every time I read it. I'll check that out. Man, it's was one. That of my, sounds like really interesting. I cannot yeah. speak highly enough of this. Okay. Book. <laughs> Sweet. Yeah, never split the difference. Okay, cool. Um, but yeah, man, I I'm always looking for for something to to read. I'm, I'm reading right now. Um, 1984 by George Orwell. Orwell. Yeah. yeah. I've never been much of a fiction guy or novel guy, but uh, this book is blowing my mind. Have you yeah. you've read it already? I have not. Man. Um, I've not read Orwell. Or Orwell. I, I got, I read it, I've read just ungodly amount of fiction yeah. in my life. Um, but I've, I've not read uh, that. But he's one of those guys, like, even if you haven't read it, like, you knew exactly what I was talking about because mm -hmm. his, his works are just so talked about. So I've heard about him so many times. I oh, decided yeah. just to pick up the book. I'm just, oh, man. Just so many good reads out Some there. Some of dude. those classics, you, and you read them, you go, okay, that's why it's a classic. Yeah, like, yeah, for real. Okay, cool. I get it, yeah. And I, so I read um, – Orwell's uh, Animal Farm mm -hmm. in high school they actually made us read that like in ninth grade yeah. so I can think about reading that book now as a ninth grader I'm thinking about rereading it now as I'm about to be 34 so right. as a 34 year old man like and how I will interpret that differently yeah. just because conceptually I'm sure I missed a lot of different things you missed things. a lot yeah yep totally yeah. So it, it, it just the, the, it blows my mind to to kind of go back and and like reread a book or go listen to like an old CD or album yep. or something yep. with different ears. It, the lyrics like make sense. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Dude, that's yeah. that's the beauty of art. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. I love it. Well, well, sweet, dude, Steve. Thank you so much for doing this, man. You got um, it, man. This yeah, is great. Yeah, dude. Let's. Uh, I want to be respectful of your time. Uh, Man, I think we talked about pretty much everything going on with you. Is there anything that you wanted to direct people to? Obviously, I'm going to put some things in the show notes. Yeah. Um, the new location is opened up, I think, at the end of the month, right? Yep. The 27th? 24th. 4th? 24th? Yep. 24th. We've got the new place opening. Um, the Urge is doing a big concert. Yeah. Any shows coming up that you want to direct people to or anything yep. like that? Um, we're going to be down at the pageant November 26th with uh, Fragile Porcelain Mice. It's got a big urge thing, and um, I don't know. Just keep an eye out for you know what we're doing here at yeah. the shop. We're gonna have a ton of events. That's kind of what we want to do here. Just turn this into the spot. Now to be. we have enough you know room and space to do more you know musical events. That'll know? be so cool. It's gonna be our thing. Yeah. Awesome. Really excited for it. Yes. Ah, Steve. Yes. Thanks again, brother. You got it, man. All right, everybody. You got it. Till next time. I hope you all enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Steve is just, again, such an awesome dude. Really enjoyed having that conversation with him. Listen, if you are in St. Louis, make sure you go uh, make sure you go check out Steve's Hot Dogs. Again, they are phenomenal. If you do get the opportunity to check out Steve perform, whether with The Urge or the Steve Ewing Band, definitely do so. Steve is just a performer in the truest form and he gives all of himself in each and every performance it's truly a good time to watch him perform all right guys listen that's all i have for you today i'll be back very soon with another conversation keep being rad human beings i love you i'll see you next time bye Mwah.